What is it? It's your future. It's called a Stargate. Chevron 7 locked. Welcome to Walking Through the Stargate. I'm Brent. And I'm Zach. This is episode 185, and we'll be talking about Stargate SG-1's episodes, Threads! Threads! Hey, nice threads you get there, Zach. Uh, You know, I was just going to say that you have really nice threads. Hey, thanks! I'm in my pajamas still. You know, hey, you know what? Me too. (laughs) Here's the secret, friends. If you become a podcaster, you too can work in your pajamas. Yeah, that's true. That that implies that we're, like, getting paid with this. And we're not! We're an independent podcast! So... (laughs) If you like what we got, you know, I appreciated going, your transition there. That was nice. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> if you like what we got going on, we got a website that you can help contribute to the thing if you'd like. Buymeacoffee.com slash walking through, or you can go to our website at wtts.space. Space. And you can click on the coffee cup in the bottom right corner, which uh, pops up a little widget that lets you buy one coffee or two or five or whatever. You can also choose a number. You can choose a very large number if you wish, but that's that's how that can happen. If you click on the uh, the words walking through the Stargate in the little coffee cup thing, it takes you to the Buy Me a Coffee website where you can uh, sign up for memberships if you wish. A membership is a monthly recurring thing. They've got different kinds of memberships, which, you know, would function like rewards types things like Patreon. But we just kind of run it. We, we run it simpler than that. We just have the general fund. If you're willing to uh, contribute monthly to the general fund, that's how you would do it. We deeply appreciate everybody who has uh, signed up for that stuff. And those who have just bought us a single coffee, you know, just one off thing. It's it's great. It's very helpful. Thank you so much. And if you really want to uh, have us, uh, you know, uh, impact the show, there are things that we have in there that are called um, wish lists. Now, there was a couple of technology based wish list things that I popped on there early on, like uh, new and better mics and a different mixer to help make the show uh, a little bit faster to produce. Um but we also put on there a wishlist item that is uh, the wish to have us create two new episodes of delicious content delivered to your ears, where we talk about the non-canonical animated Stargate series, Stargate Infinity. Um, you may remember from days of yore that we had a Patreon goal, like a stretch goal, that if we had a certain dollar amount per month that we would do uh, an Infinity episode. And so this is kind of like that, where... If that thing funds, we'll do two more episodes. We'll watch two more of this of episodes of this this crazy thing. We we have we have some contributions, not enough though. We don't have enough to actually make it happen. So if you want to hear me cringe hard uh, because of of animation deliciousness, then that's the, the path for you. Now, if you have somebody in your life who needs more Stargate content, and they are a podcast consumer and they come to you and they say do you have any recommendations the easiest thing that you can do is just say yeah just go wtts.space there you go that's the easiest you could do um but you're probably going to want to be a bit more thorough right you know this is a fandom of nerds and nerds like to be exhaustive in our information provision right we don't just stop at what'll get the job done we want to number one show off just how much we know. And number two, just absolutely inundate the recipient with all sorts of options that they then have to consider because maybe one of those options is actually the best one, like in the min-max kind of a way. Maximum amount of Stargate enjoyment, minimum amount of effort to get there. But you don't know which one it is until you explain them all, right? So you say things like, you can find them on Apple Podcasts and Spotify Podcasts and Google Podcasts, Google Podcasts and Amazon Podcasts and iHeartRadio Podcasts. You can find them 
on uh their they on their website that i that i had mentioned at the very beginning uh, has a little mini player down at the bottom there so you can like t- like test them out if you want to or you can do one of the host's favorite things which is get yourself a podcast aggregator now that in itself is a choice there are different podcast aggregators that you could choose from depending on your needs depending on you know like uh you know companies that you think are cool or maybe the logo is nice or whatever but you can choose that and then once you do that you can search walking through the stargate and you can find that podcast and subscribe and listen to all this joyous material that we create and then your friend's going to look at you with a bit gla- either one of two ways a bit of a glazed eye because you just fire hose them with a bunch of information again or two they're going to be like like not not glazed eye but like thousand, thousand yard stare where they're processing everything you just gave them it's like, as they're like, okay, if I do this, then I can do that. That that's actually that's okay. If I do this and that and this, that's actually a bit better. If I do this, that, that this is the path. This is this is the min max path. And then they thank you for it and they enjoy the, what we got going on. Yes. So, Zach. Yes, Brent. If a person wants to reach out and say, "Hey, I have found your podcast because a friend of mine gave me thirty min max options, and I carefully calculated which path was the best path." For the most assured victory in the quickest amount of time, how might they reach out and let us know that? So I would just like to point out that if this had been a video cast, which it's not, but if it was, uh, (laughs) you would have seen me as you go through this very beautiful exposition of all of the possibilities. It's a very meta process that you were getting into, right? But if if you had watched this happening, you would have seen me reach over and grab my coffee, like I am now, as an example, (laughs) and drinking it. And just let me go. <laughs> and I was just letting you go on and on because that's what nerds do. It's true. It's and true. And if you also are a nerd and listening to this podcast, and you are listening to this podcast <laughs> because somebody who was also a nerd told you all of the possible ways that you could nerd out with this podcast, yeah. you can tell us all of your stories by emailing us at walking through the stargate at gmail.com. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or if, if that's just too private, if yeah, uh-huh. that, ju- I mean, that just gets to me and that gets to Brent, if that's just yes, that's not it. public enough, yeah, then you have the opportunity of talking to our small little corner of the internet that we have on mm-hmm. discord, which yes. is the place where, where the most stuff happens. Yes. Um, but if you're not a Discord person, that's fine because you can go to the Facebooks yep. and join the Walking Through the Stargate Facebook page and the Facebook group, and that yep. is very public. And you yep. can share all your ideas with everybody. And believe yep. me, there are some people who think that us buying shoes are really, really important oh, and they're letting yeah. us know. And yeah. I say, no, I don't want yeah. your shoes. Yeah, no, no, no. So, no, dear listeners, if you are on Facebook, the page especially, and you see anything that is uh, trying to sell something or advertise something, uh, mark it, pin it, uh, you know, mention it, uh, because we want to get rid of that stuff. We don't want that as part of our community. That's not that's not part of what's happening. We're not about that. Nope. So, if you see that, let us know, and and uh, myself or or David or or, or I suppose Brent not possibly not Brent. Yeah, I, not Brent. I, 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 Theoretically, I have the power to do so, but I, I don't. It's yeah, but but uh, we'll we will uh, squash those, uh, squash the hearts and you know the you know, thoughts and dreams and and, and, and you know, all those things <laughs> the sh- of the shoe sellers. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Squish. Yeah. Oh man, a 
was just trying to tell an excited community about my footwear. Yeah, I don't care about your footwear. Ah. I don't have feet. I mean, that's not true. I do have feet. <laughs> Joke's on you. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, Brent. Yes. We need to be serious. Okay. This is this is a serious business. We are podcasters uh-huh. that that podcast in our pajamas. Yeah, <laughs> relegated yeah. to back rooms in our houses. Uh huh. Yep. Yep. So it's this true. is serious business. Yeah. Okay. All right. I'm ready. To, I'm ready to be serious. <sighs> okay. All right. Are you ready to get into yes. threads? Let's do it. All right. The director for Threads. I can't be serious, but this is actually true. The director for Threads is Andy Makita. This is his seventh of seven directing credits this season. He did New Order, Part 1 and 2. He did Sacrifices, Prometheus Unbound, Full Alert, and Citizen Joe. And finally, this episode, Threads. The teleplay for this episode is by none other than Robert C. Cooper. Mm -hmm. With excerpts by Damien Kindler. Um, Damien wrote the previous episode, Reckoning. And there were a few excerpts by Robert Cooper, and so, you know, there's kind of a mix of these two. This is kind of like part three of The Reckoning, and kind of different. It's, it's, mm-hmm. it's you know. Anyway, this is Robert Cooper's uh, third of four episodes this season. Uh-huh. He did New Order Part 2, he did Zero Hour, and he'll be one of the teleplay writers for the season finale uh, mm-hmm. next time. We have a host of guest actors in this episode. Uh, we have Carmen Argenziano, who plays yep. Jacob Carter in Selmac. Yeah. Have, yeah. Yeah. We, we, we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we've got Tony Amendola as Braytac. David DeLuise appears as Pete Shanahan. Yeah. Gary Jones as friend of the podcast, Chief Master Sergeant Walter Radar Harriman. Oh, yeah. I mean, but I forgot to mention that Tony Amendola is also a friend of the show. That's true. Tony Amendola is also a friend of the show. Uh, we have Cliff Simon as Ball. Mm-hmm. Isaac Hayes as Tolak. Mm-hmm. Mel Harris as Oma DeSala. Mm-hmm. Rick Kiviaho. I don't know how to pronounce Kiviaho. that. He plays a new Yeah, it looks like it. Yep. Uh-huh. Uh, and then we say hello to Claire Carey, who plays yeah. Carrie Johnson. Yes. Uh, she was born in 1967, and according to IMDb, she was born in Rhodesia. Uh, there was also some spaces on IMDb that says, well, maybe that's true, maybe it's not. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just, mm-hmm. I, I'll just write that there, because that's what it says. Uh, she is an actress and a producer known for things like Coach, which was in 1989 and following. She played Kelly Fox for 113 episodes in that. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was also in Crocodile Dundee in Los Angeles. She was in Smoke and Aces, uh, and mm-hmm. she was also in the TV series Jericho. Uh, right. okay. She studied film at NYU Film School, uh, Shakespeare at the Royal Academy in London, and Commedia dell'Arte in the San Francisco Mime Troupe. Mm-hmm. And her first IMDb credit came way back in 1987. In the movie Zombie High, she plays Mary Beth. Okay. Uh, and Mary then Beth we have Zombie High. Zombie High. And then we have George Zunza, uh, and, and, and I had to look up how that was pronounced, because it's D-Z-U-N-D-Z-A. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, George yeah. Zunza. Zunza. He plays Jim. Uh, he yes. was born in uh, 1945 in Rosenheim, Bavaria, Germany. Oh, hey, okay. His father was Polish, and his mother was Ukrainian, mm-hmm. uh, and they were forced into factory labor by the Nazis. Oh, boy. So, there you go. 
Yeah. Uh, he is an actor and assistant director known for things like Crimson Tide in 95, oh, Basic yeah. Instinct 92, Law and oh. Order, uh, and huh. The Deer Hunter. Yeah, okay. So he's been all over the place. He's done a lot of yeah. stuff. He retired from acting in 2011. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's since directed several stage plays, including Doubt and I Am My Own Wife for various local theater groups. Mm-hmm. Uh, his first IMDb credit came in the movie M- Massage Parlor Murders mm. in 1973. Mm-hmm. That's BZ. <laughs> That's well BZ. It's, it's, and it's very well BB. <laughs> uh, he plays Mr. Creepy in Massage Parlor <laughs> Murders. Um, I might it, need to see if I can find that movie. That sounds, if you got a character named Mr. Creepy, in a movie called Massage Parlor Murders, but yeah. presuming that there's an exclamation point in the title of the movie as well, as I see I'm pretty here. sure there is. At that least then, that's where I was yeah. on, face, on IMDb. Yeah, it's, it's got to be. It's probably got to be. I doubt it's as good as Velocipaster, but I bet you it's fun. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, probably. Um, I, I do have to say, though, that uh, uh, George does a very good job of playing uh, nice guy creepy uh, in, in this particular episode. Oh, yeah. So, no, it worked out well. Um, the original air date for Threads was March 11, 2005. Uh-huh. Uh, what was happening about that point in time, uh, Julie and I were celebrating uh, fourth anniversary. Hey, very uh, nice. I mean, it was around that date. It wasn't yes. specifically that date. Yes. Uh, the UK date was February 8, 2005. Number mm-hmm. one on the charts in the US was... Candy Shop by 50 Cent featuring Olivia. Yep. That was still happening from before. Yep. So, you know, but the UK, they were listening to things different. They were mm-hmm. listening to Stereophonics sing about Dakota. Oh, okay. I don't know that song. I, mean, I don't know that song either. So tell me, Brent, what is, what is Dakota by Stereophonics? Uh, what are we listening to? It's, what am I jamming it's, to? It's probably, um, it's, uh, I don't even know. Do I even know stereophonics? I don't even know if I know stereophonics. Uh, I bet you it's like uh, I bet you it's like a nice like uh, like like smooth jam type thing. I bet you it's kind of it's got a probably like a laid back sort of chill vibe to it. Just sort of like just sort of bopping and moving along, not yep, too yep. slow, not but too definitely slow. not like high energy or something. It's just it's just doing its thing. I'm imagining stereophonics has kind of a you know retro um, '80s. Uh, mm. uh, electric vibe to it. Yeah. Okay. All right. You know. Um, uh, you know. So which is great synths. because mm-hmm. what? Some synthesizers. Synths. Yeah. You know. And and they're, they're, I, I imagine uh, 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 an electric uh, uh, key guitar. Oh yeah. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and and while we are listening to this very synthy electric sound by Stereophonics, ah, yes, yes, we are also watching movies and calling yeah, sure. robots. Aha, uh-huh. okay. And 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 if you make the robots mad, you need the pacifier to stop uh-huh. them. Yes. And, and and the pacifier is going to the robots, and they're like, "Be cool, be cool, <laughs> be cool." And they're like, "Don't take any hostages." Oh, or hey, a okay. single hostage. Don't take a hostage. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh. And if you don't, then we can figure everything out without a hitch. Very nice. Well done. Boo! Yeah, that was a good one. Yeah. Feel good about that. Yeah, yeah, good right. job. So what was happening on this date? 
aside from from my fourth anniversary. Yeah. Uh, on March 7th, there was a mass protest outside the National Assembly of Kuwait. Mm-hmm. Uh, of the, uh, this was a building uh, for women's voting rights in Kuwait. Yep. So that's what the pro- protest was about. Gotcha. Um, so that was going on. Um, by the way, on this date in 2005, uh, I hadn't started. I hadn't met you yet. We hadn't met yet. Oh, no, nope. no, no. Nope. Still, we're still a few months away. Still a few months away. Uh, March 12th. Uh, Tung Chi Hua, the first chief executive of Hong Kong, steps down from his post after his resignation is approved by the Chinese central government. Uh-huh. Um, also, uh, so then on March 13th, Bob Iger is named CEO of Walt Disney International, succeeding mm-hmm. Michael Eisner. Yep. And also on the 13th, Terry Ratzman shoots and kills six members of the Living Church of God and the minister at Sheraton Inn in Brookfield, Wisconsin, before killing himself. Oh, wow. I don't remember that. I don't remember that either, but that sounds bad. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, there you go. Uh, Brent, I have some trivia for this episode. Are you ready? Yes, I am ready. In the diner, Oma reads off various orders in diner lingo. Yeah. Uh, And so, we have Noah's son in a blanket means ham. Yeah. Right, one of Noah's three sons was named Ham. Yes. Uh, in bread, um, a, which I eat a ham sandwich, right? Yes, yes. So then we have uh, two hen fruit wrecked on a shingle means yeah. two eggs scrambled on toast. Yeah, yeah. Uh, with a mystery in an alley uh, <laughs> is hash on the side. <laughs> a warm eye with a moldy lid is a toasted bagel with cream cheese. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. And two checkerboards hold the pig means two waffles without the bacon. <laughs> I mean, like it, it, it does it does beg the question of why and then that immediately begs the question of why not. You know, it's part of the whole astral diner charm. It, it yeah, you know. Yeah. Okay. Um the mystery in the alley. <laughs> noah's son in a blanket (laughs) two head fruit wrecked in a shingle Uh uh-huh with a mystery in the alley yeah a warm eye with a moldy lid oh boy all right so uh in the newspaper it has an article named anubis plans to retake dakara yes uh that article reads as follows oh wow okay Exclusive had- inside information on his quest to, des- to destroy all life in the Milky Way galaxy. That's right, folks. He's back again, and he's badder than ever. Sources today indicate that the monstrous evil that is Anubis is about to commit his most horrific act yet. His ultimate plan is to destroy all life, no exceptions, in the galaxy and start over. Infesting it with a multitude of cold warriors and other subservient drone-like beings whose only purpose is to serve and amuse him. When questioned, Anubis claimed, I'm not such a bad guy. I just know what I like and I'm willing to kill everyone and everything to get it. <laughs> His plans will come to be a huge surprise to the rebel Jaffa and Tauri alike. They keep thinking they've bested me, but it can't be done. Being partially ascended has its benefits. This corporal creep has some words to say regarding his constant foes from the SGC. That O'Neill is such a pain in the... 
Uh, I'm particularly looking forward to pulling his <laughs> arms off over and over and over. What are his plans for the rest of the SG-1 team? Well, I thought I might have the Shova Tiok skinned and made him into a wall hanging for my Peltec. Carter, oh, I've got something special in mind for her. Uh, give me time to muster my forces and set my plans for retaking Dakara in motion. I love the irony of dealing with such situations, dot, dot, dot. Wow. There you go. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So then uh, I guess we can talk about it when we talk about it, but I will po- kind of po- po- pose the hi- uh, rhetorical question right now. Okay. Uh, do you think that Jim was the one generating the newspaper? Oh, that's a good question. Let me mm. write that down because I'll forget it. Okay. Was Jim the editor of the newspaper? Yeah. All right. I wrote that down so we can okay. get back to that in a bit. All right. Uh, da, 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 da. So the rest, the rest area, the, the restaurant used <laughs> for the Astral Diner is the set used for Der Waffle House in the hit series Dead Like Me. Oh, okay. Nice. So, you know, there you go. Um, so this episode uh, is actually 63 minutes long. Yeah. Uh, and it originally aired as that 63-minute episode. Yep. Uh, however, uh, it was edited down to a 45-minute version, which exists for syndication purposes and all that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, when the season was initially released on DVD, that release included the 45-minute shortened version, but then people complained, and so MGM offered a rebate whereby people could send the proof of purchase with a shortened episode to receive a DVD with the original episode. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, now, I, as, after reading that, I'm like, oh, do I have the shortened version or the original? Because my DVDs are old. And yeah. I went and I checked, and my DVD does have the full length 63 minute on there. Ah, so okay, I very must nice. have gotten that uh, after they made they fixed this up. Yep. Uh, so there you go. Uh, and it might be that this is true in other countries and not in the United States. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, the 45-minute version does omit certain things. One, mm-hmm. it omits the previously on Stargate stuff. That's at the very beginning. Mm-hmm. Uh, the opening scene between Ball and the decaying Anubis, where he's like, you betrayed me, blah, 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 blah. They cut that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the entire scene of Braytech and Teal being knighted as, you know, blood kin to all free Jafar. Uh, mm-hmm. That was cut. We don't, we don't mention the free Jafar and, you know, blah, blah, blah. Uh, some of the bantering between Pete and uh, Sam uh, is is cut. Some and also between Pete, Sam, and Jacob. Some of that mm-hmm. stuff is cut. Uh, the scene when Doctor Jackson is in the diner along with Oma explaining where Jackson is. That whole thing was cut. Uh, we mm-hmm. don't see any scenes of Braytech and Teal'c on a ship. Um, you know when when you know Carter says Selmac liked Pete. Um, that wasn't that was cut out for the, mm-hmm. the forty five minute one. We don't see uh, Carrie Johnson waking up next to O'Neill in the bed. Mm-hmm. Uh, we lose the no syrup line, um, which is true, unfortunate because that's a good line. Yeah. Uh, and we also don't miss we, we also miss the uh, the phone call from Pete about the florist and and all of that stuff. Um, and then also then Carter sitting out in her car waiting to go uh, visit O'Neill. That scene is cut as well. So. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it certainly uh, squeezes it and compresses it. Um, but uh, for my money, I think uh, I would just soon watch the 63-minute episode. Yeah. Yep. Uh, this episode won a Leo for Best Dramatic Series, Best Lead Performance by a Female for Amanda Tapping. Yep. yep. And yep. Uh, Michael Shanks was nominated for Best Lead Performance by a Male. Yeah. Um, so, 
Uh, this episode is called Threads in English. It's mm-hmm. also called Threads in Italian, um, but uh, it's all over the place for other languages. The French call it for life. Mm-hmm. The Spanish call it loose ends. Okay. Uh, the Czech, uh, the Hungarians also call it loose ends. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That makes sense, right? The Czech call it personal affairs. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And the Germans call it Jim. <laughs> Germany! Germany! That was a surprise! That was a surprise. We, we didn't we, think that the episode was about Jim. That was a surprise. Yeah. So if you want the episode to have its impact, you have to keep the surprises surprising. You know, like call it the Astral Diner. That would be fine. That's fine. You know, don't yeah. don't sit here and be all like, okay, everybody, I need you to pay very close attention to what looks like a background character. Go. Like, no, no, come on, guys. All right. Yeah. Anyway. You know, uh, so uh, we'll get to it. But uh, my recollection is when I first watched this. Yeah. Um, I mean, I could have seen it coming, but I was just engrossed in the story and being taken where the story took me. Um. When Jim is revealed to be Anubis, I was yeah. like, what? Oh, yeah. Oh, I, I didn't see it coming until it happened. I mean, then it did. And I'm like, okay. Oh, that makes sense. Oh, <laughs> it totally sure. makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Okay. With all of that, are you ready for the synopsis? Yeah, let's dive into this. All right. Previously on Stargate SG-1. All the things. Yeah, it was I mean, a lot of things. Like everything. So, Lieutenant Samantha Carter uh, Lieutenant Colonel Samantha Carter begins dating Pete Shanahan, who eventually proposes marriage. Yep. Daniel ascends to a higher plane of existence, discovers that Anubis is also ascended, and when he tries to stop the ascended Gould, he is stopped by the ancients. Yes. Drat. Daniel becomes a human again and rejoins the team. He's yes. kidnapped by Replica Carter and is killed. Now, yes. that's unfortunate. Unfortunately, yes. uh, fortunately, the rest of the team is able to use the ancient weapon under Carter to destroy all the replicators in the galaxy. Yes. Oh, and the Jaffa have now gained their freedom. Whew. Yes. And now. Anubis yells at Ball for betraying him. Anubis has now decided that he's just going to have to destroy all life in the galaxy by himself. And when he's done, he's not going to share any of the galaxy with anyone else. So there. Mm-hmm. Teal'c and Braytac are knighted bloodkin to all Jaffa by the new free Jaffa nation. It's a big deal. It, it really is, right? Uh, Braytac sure. then thinks that he should retire and let Teal'c and his generation lead. I have comments about that, but I'm not going to say anything. Tilk thinks Braytech should stay active and help lead this fledgling nation. Hey, let's go find Anubis and kick his uh, butt <laughs> as a means of galvanizing the disparate Jaffa factions. Woohoo! Yes. Back at the SGC, things are a little more peaceful now that the replicator threat has been eliminated. Sam thinks that they should have a memorial for Daniel, but General O'Neill is simply not buying that Daniel is really dead. Neither am I. He's going to walk through that door right now. Yep. Right now. Yep. Uh, well, he's still not buying it. <laughs> Daniel walks into a bar. I mean, a cafe. <laughs> it's kind of surreal. The lighting and the background ambience adds to the surreal feelings of our hero. Yeah, and the, the pantyhose over the lens, but you know. Anyway. Shh. <laughs> I'm trying to tell a story. Uh, sorry, 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 sorry. No, no, by all means, inter- interject as you need to. Okay, fine. Uh, no one seems to want to talk to Daniel, which is a surprise. He's a nice guy. He sits down, and then he he is surprised to discover that Oma Dasala herself is the waitress. Yeah. What? what do you want? She asks him what he wants. Anything's on the menu. 
okay, how about some truth with a side of what's going on? Okay, I can't remember exactly what he says there, but I'm also too lazy to go through the episode and find out, so you just clarity. gotta get that. Can I get some clarity with a side of truth? Or See, no. there you go. See. Oh, was that it? I think that was it. That, that might have been it. Yeah. You know, but, but uh, you know, I, I, I didn't do yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. That's fine. Yeah, yeah it's, fine. Anyway. it's all good. So, she reveals that he has, in fact, died again. But she stepped in to bring him to the cafe to make a choice. Cake or death? <laughs> oh, we're fresh out of cake. <laughs> Brent, 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 Brent. That, that's a metaphor. Okay? Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Cake means ascension to a higher plane of existence where you'll know about everything but aren't allowed to do anything about it. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. And death is... Well, okay, that isn't really a metaphor. That's just death. <laughs> <laughs> Death or cake? Cake or death? Death or... I, I, I'm tempted to bring in the comfy chair, even though that is a completely different... Yeah. That's, that's not this. No. I mean, those diner chairs look not uncomfortable, so... They know. were really, like, you know, like, 70s ap- ap- appointed. Like, boy, mm. mm-hmm. cleaning those must have been... Getting syrup on that and trying to clean that fabric? Oh. What? <laughs> oh, boy. No, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> now, the diner is full of other ascended ancients. Well, yeah. mostly. Uh, none of whom will talk to Daniel. None of them except Jim. Yeah. Jim is a corpulent individual who just wants to drink his coffee and torment Oma from time to time. Uh-huh. He seems to be something of a rebel like Oma, not quite following the rules, thinking the other ascended beings are kind of hoity-toity and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jim is reading a newspaper, The Ascended Times. And the front page article is all about the impending choice that Daniel has to make. Mm-hmm. There's also another article on there, too, about Anubis planning to retake Dakara. Mm-hmm. See, Anubis is in the process of tricking the new Free Jaffa nation into moving most of their fleet away from Dakara so that he can sneak into Dakara and take the ancient weapon. Mm-hmm. That's terrible. Bad. Yes. Now, Daniel, upon reading this, needs to do something. Yeah. But he can't. Yeah. So he resorts to yelling at the patrons of the Astral Diner. Come on, guys. 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 Nothing. 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 Despite recommendations by the SGC and the Tok'ra to destroy the superweapon, the Jaffa feel that the weapon has become a symbol of their freedom and a little bit of protection against those who may want to take the freedom away from them again. Mm-hmm. So the Jaffa take their fleet to Tartarus, where Anubis's base is, only to discover that it was a ruse, that the planetary simply s- system is empty of any real threat, and then they get word that Anubis's fleet has done an end-around and has attacked Akara, and their skeleton forces there are simply not enough. It's only a matter of time before Anubis captures the weapon and uses the super weapon to destroy yeah. all life in the galaxy. Yeah. That's bad. That's real bad. Meanwhile, Sam and Pete are working through the wedding preparations. Yeah. That said, Sam is very clearly beginning beginning to rethink her life decisions, or at least her decisions on marrying the cop. Uh, Now, she does invite Pete to the base to introduce him to her father without telling him that's what he's there to do. And, oh, boy, is that an awkward conversation. I actually feel bad for Pete in that situation. This this, this is not... I'm sorry, Pete. (laughs) now she decides that she needs to have a conversation with jack 
Uh, there are some unresolved feelings that need to be worked out. And so she goes to his house and tries to talk through her feelings with the general. Yeah. But that all stops when she discovers that Jack is not alone. Mm-hmm. Carrie Johnson, a CIA agent heading up the investigation into Gould still at large after the incident with the trust, is there with mm-hmm. the general. She mm-hmm. and the general have been dating for some time. Mm. Awkward. Yeah. Yeah. But she is saved by the bell as her phone rings. Unfortunately, the news is something is wrong with her father. Yeah. So she goes. Selmak is dying. Mm-hmm. Uh, by all rights, he should have been dead weeks ago, but Jacob refused to let him die because he felt he needed Selmak to save the galaxy from the replicators. Unfortunately, that means that Selmak no longer has the ability to die without also killing his host. Mm-hmm. So when Selmak dies, Jacob will die too. Jake, Jacob can tell that Sam is pretending to be happy about life. Not, not, not about not him, right? She's sad about him dying and all that stuff, but just about life in general. Um, but he also knows that there is something in her life that she's missing, that she's probably just settling for not miserable. Mm-hmm. Now, this seems to give Sam the strength to do what she knows she needs to do. Meanwhile, Carrie enters Jack's office and closes the door. She admits that they were good together but she sees that he still has things he needs to work out. And so she Mm -hmm. breaks up with him. Mm -hmm. And then she asks him if the Air Force is really the only thing standing in his way or in in their way. Uh, If if so, there's an easy solution. Retire, Jack. Retire. The SGC can still be run by a civilian. It's been done before. Mm -hmm. Mm. Mm. Jack visits Sam in the infirmary. She is totally broken up about her father's impending death. There are some toker there to say their last goodbyes to Selmik as well. He comforts her. She welcomes his shoulder to lean on. Later, on the steps of the house that Pete bought for them, without telling her, Sam decides to break the engagement. Mm-hmm. Pete holds it together emotionally, but we can all tell this really hurts. Mm-hmm. It sucks. And then when he walks by and he pulls the sold sign off and it reveals for sale, that hits you in the feels. Mm. Back in the Astral Diner, Oma explains that she has gotten in trouble before for helping people like Daniel ascend. And she has been punished. Jim is still there, always needling Oma, always making sure everyone knows what Anubis is up to. Mm -hmm. And then Daniel begins to work it all out. Anubis is half ascended, whatever that means. Oma was the one who helped Anubis ascend. Mm-hmm. Woo! Daniel was pretty mad about learning that the first time around when he was ascended. Woo boy! And Anubis tricked her, and now her punishment is to watch as Anubis does all the bad things. Mm-hmm. And then the final piece of the puzzle is placed. Jim is Anubis. Wow! Anubis is Jim. Jim is Anubis. Jim, no, Jim Anubis, Anubis is Jim. I'm going to start calling Anubis Jim from now on. There you go. Now, back on Earth, the gate dials, and they can't stop it. Anubis has dialed every gate on the galaxy and prepares to unleash the super weapon. Oh, no. O'Neill, Tilk, and Carter can do nothing but wait for their inevitable demise. Mm-hmm. O'Neill begins the SGC self-destruct sequence. Maybe if we blow up the gate and everything. Oh, that won't work. Just Carter, do it, do it. This looks really bad. This is a bit mm-hmm. bad, bad, mm-hmm. bad. Uh-oh. 
back at the Ascended Realm. Daniel tries to stop Anubis, but since he's not Ascended, he has no power against the System Lord. But all of their conversation has now convinced Oma to step in. Uh She embraces her fate. She will stop Anubis. No, she can't kill him, but neither can he kill her. And while they are locked in eternal combat, he can do nothing to the physical realm. Uh-huh. She attacks, and the two disappear in a cosmic battle of light for all eternity. Oh my gosh! This gets the attention of all the other patrons in the cafe. They're like, whoa. With Anubis gone, all his machinations in the galaxy quickly fall to pieces. The cold warriors die. Yeah. <clears throat> uh. The weapon is not launched. Woohoo! The day is saved! Yay! When the wormhole at the SGC closes down, they shut down, shut off the auto-destruct and breathe a sigh of relief. Yeah. (sighs) We're not dead. Back in the briefing room, they discuss what happened. No one really knows. Jack believes Daniel is somehow responsible. And the battle against Anubis, though, solidified the resolve of the new Free Jafar nation, and they have now decided to destroy the weapon and build a statue instead. Why they didn't do that in the first place, I don't know. But there you mm-hmm. go. Then, all of a sudden, they hear Daniel's voice from inside Jack's office. Daniel is back! Yay! He's naked, oh. but he's back! Yay! Everyone is where they belong! Finally, SG-1, the whole team, decides to go fishing at Jack's cabin. Yep. It's beautiful. Sam recognizes that they probably should have done this a long time ago. And then she also realizes that uh, there aren't any fish in your pond, are there? Mm-hmm. Nope. The team is happy. The end. The end. So, Brent. Yeah. Threads. Yes. What'd you think? Um, th- uh, this one was packed, man. There yes. was a lot. This, there, boy, so, so many things happened, Zach. Mm-hmm. Like, how did they ever think that they were going to pair this 63-minute episode down to 45 minutes? I don't know. But um, I'll tell you this. Uh, it was so packed. How packed was it? It was so packed that I think it kind of misstepped a little bit. It was it was so packed that there was a couple of moments there that were almost record scratches just because of how they had to transition from the... Like, I think that they were doing as good of a job as they could. And also, I couldn't shake the supposition that if I watched it a second time, I would start noticing the parallel stories a little bit better. But they were clearly trying to tell uh, a parallel story structure between uh, Daniel and Sam. Um, Like, those were the cuts that they kept going. They they kept doing it over and over again. They would show Daniel, then they show Sam, then they show something else. Daniel, Sam, something else. Daniel, Sam, something else. And so it was evident that the story was trying to say, see how these two situations are similar. See how they see how they see how they exist in ways that 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 complement each other and or, uh, you know, the, the themes are, are, are somehow matching or, or at least um, playing off of each other. Well, and, but I couldn't I couldn't see it because all I could see was Daniel Jackson exploring the like the mystery of like why he's in this diner and what's going to happen and how he could possibly go back and help save the team, et cetera, et cetera. So it, it in itself, it was a good, interesting story. The Samantha Carter romance story. I did not find anywhere close to as interesting, not even close Um, in the spirit of the episode title in English, at least uh, 
it felt like that both of those things were kind of loose threads that needed to be tied up. And so in that respect, telling the Samantha Carter romance story was a, was a thread that got tied up. However, uh, I, I mean, I thought that the Pete Shanahan thing was a bad idea from the start, but I thought it was bad by looking at it with 2023 or 22, whenever we did it, you know, looking at it with those types of eyes and seeing this like creepy stalker cop abusing his power. And I'm just like, nope, 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 nope. Don't want anything to do with this character. Get him out of my life. And he didn't leave immediately. So I decided to just say, okay, fine. They're, they're making this a thing. And now at this point, they are officially making it not a thing. And that's that's fine. That's cool. That that makes a degree of sense. Um, it made a degree of sense why they were starting that way, why the writers and the showrunners were starting to go down that path a while ago with the Pete thing and why they're like, this isn't this isn't working. Let's stop this thing. Um, that's fine. How the story was portrayed, I thought was great. I thought that Amanda Tapping did a fantastic job. I thought that the story itself was well, uh, well structured, um, the, you know, why it existed and where it went, I just didn't care. But that's not a fault of the story. The story, I thought, did a good job of, of, of displaying her conflict. And she did a remarkable job emoting that conflict. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I thought that it was well done to show that it really did look like um, that, that Jack had moved on in a sense, but without being dispassionate. He moved on without being a jerk. Um, he was... He was I, Richard Dean Anderson was conveying an emotion of like um, he has accepted that Samantha has has is off in a different direction. He's going to live his life too. It doesn't diminish the friendship that those two have. It doesn't diminish the camaraderie or, or the professional. Like there's a lot in there that it doesn't it doesn't um, it doesn't curtail. Mm-hmm. And so he's living his life. And when um, you know when Samantha crashes the barbecue. Uh, you know, I thought that RDA did a great job in conveying that emotion once more of, yeah, this is a little awkward, but there's nothing to be, there's nothing to be ashamed of. Like he's cooking some steak and having a beer with a woman he's dating. Hey, Sam. Um, you know, like, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't know you didn't necessarily need to know, like, you know, it would have come up, um, you know, is it's, it's, it. I didn't get this, even though uh, what's her face said something like, you know, we, sh- you know, we were trying not to like let it out of the bag within the SGC. I wasn't getting the impression that that was like a, uh, a, a, um, a big like derailing thing. It was just, they didn't want that complication added into it that mm-hmm. Jack and so-and-so didn't want that, that complication added into it. Uh, and so they just chose not to, not to bring it up. It wasn't to be sneaky. It was just to just to acknowledge that once it became a thing within the SGC, it would add a wrinkle. And then it was just like, I don't want to deal with that wrinkle. Um, I could appreciate that. So the romance story, while I just I just didn't care, it 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 made sense and it it was well driven. And even uh the hard uh the hard conversation at the end between Pete and Sam, I thought was well done. I think that um Oh boy, why can't I never repeat the actor's name? It's uh, uh you know, he's a DeLuise. David DeLuise. Yes. Um where David I thought did a pretty good job of conveying that disappointment without taking it too far. Um it felt a little sanitized or a little clean, right? Uh in ways that these things are typically a little bit more messy. Even 
uh, even when handled in the best way possible, it's it's messy and it it's a little crunchy and it hurts. And, you know, even if you do everything right, it's still still kind of bops around and falls apart in weird pieces. And then you pick it up and you do something with it. But it doesn't like it doesn't end with such a sanitary note, I didn't think. But what are you going to do? You know, like you needed to wrap that thing up. And that's how they chose to show that. Um, One of the things that I thought was a bit distracting upon thinking about it was how the death of Jacob Carter and Selmak. I think that um, that Carbon Argenziano, 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 um, Argenziano did. Argenziano did a really, really good job, and they did a really good job with the makeup. Like I could see, like they did a good job. I could tell he was sick, um, at the beginning, like uh, and as soon as I could tell, uh, unfortunately, David's uh, a spoiler was a little too spoilerific, um, <laughs> right? Of like, which one of these beloved characters will will, uh, yes. will die at the end of the episode? Is like I was just like, oh, it's Jacob. Look at those, look at those dark circles under his eyes, um. <clears throat> So I knew it was coming and I knew there was no escaping it. I'm kind of wondering if there was a production reason for it, because it, it did kind of come out of nowhere. Like at the Battle of Dakara, where he's doing the where he's solving the puzzle. I don't think they had the makeup on him that made him look like he was dying. They surely knew that that's what they were going with in the story. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if they had done that to the, to the point of that. I was looking at it like, oh, this is oh, this is a little bit of a surprise. It's not. It's not shockingly surprising. It's like, you know, it's not like they suddenly decide that Daniel Jackson is sick and will die at the end of the episode. <laughs> like, that would be a little weird. Um, but, uh, you know, it, it did kind of come out of left field a little bit. And while uh, Carmen and Amanda played that very, very well, especially at the end. Um, and I thought Amanda did a great job of conveying that hurt and did a really good job of encapsulating the appreciation that she had for Selmak of letting her have more time with her father than she thought she would have ever had and, and, and rediscovering her father whom she thought she had lost a long time ago. Uh, I thought that that was really, really well done, but ending it at the pond while on one hand felt like a, 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 a beautiful, like, like semi ending it in the briefing room where Daniel comes back and there's a bit of humor. And then ending it at the pond where it feels like it's a nice, beautiful closure and a beautiful bookend, though, kind of ends up putting a bit of whitewash over what should be some pretty raw emotions <laughs> for Samantha Carr. She should be pretty. She should probably be like, no, I'm not feeling like hanging out with you guys right now. I need a minute. OK, <laughs> happy to go fishing with you next weekend. Absolutely. But I've had a tough few days. <laughs> <laughs> um, so in that that regard, it also then kind of it, I'll use the word cheapened, but it, it felt it did a uh, it did an unfortunate thing that television storytelling does where it has to wrap things up in a bow. Like unless it's leaving a cliffhanger out there, it it has to uh, release the tension that is being built up in the story, and it has to release it fully f- for people to feel like when the credits roll, okay, this is this is this is it. It's understandable, but then it ends up kind of deprecating the big impactful moments behind it. Um, it ends up kind of accidentally telling the story of giant things can happen to your life, and then you go fishing with the buddies, like. It, it 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 wasn't saying that out loud, but it accidentally says that, you know, when you when you watch it, you know, as, as a single cut all the way through. 
So in that regard, I wasn't very impressed with that part. But and then so, okay, I've talked about Daniel. I've talked about uh, Sam. And then there's everything else that happens in this episode. (laughs) There's like so much going on. Um, So I guess I guess Anubis is done. I guess this is it. I guess Jim is never coming back. I guess that the threat is officially over. Um, This is it. Uh, While while I appreciate that if this is it, that Anubis represented a far more potent ghoul threat than we had seen at any point before his introduction by a long shot. Uh, It 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 still felt way too deus ex machina. Like way too much. I, and I kind of get that they paint that the writers probably painted themselves in a corner. Like you got your hint when what was about to happen was that the bad guy was going to kill everything in the galaxy. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's just so big at that point. It's so big. Where do you go? Right? Like you can't realistically have your scrappy earthlings be god killers to that degree um without 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 it seeming just trivial right if you've set your stakes at eradicating all life in the galaxy (laughs) where do you go where you go is to the godlike creature omadasala um creating a an eternal battle with a fellow ascended half ascended whatever creature thus preoccupying him until such time as oma decides to stop and we are given the strong impression that that short answer is it'll never happen so this is it the end um i mean okay but on the other hand wow that happened fast um where else could it have gone i don't know but like wow uh, that 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 came and that went um and and i'm still a little bit like i'm still a little stunned in the form of oh i, I guess i guess that's i guess that's gone now i think it would be a little like if uh, we approach the end of season one in atlantis and all of a sudden the ray threat just boom gone just something happens bang they're gone it's like whoa uh good yay the good guys win but um oh that happened quick so that's done. I did very much like the exploration of, you know, using the cafe as the metaphor and, and Daniel kind of putting it together. I did like that Jim was a piece of the puzzle. It makes sense as Anubis being half ascended, quote, or whatever that means, unquote. Like I this this all works. I liked it a lot. That was the thing. And then we have the free Jaffa Nation. And I gotta tell you, I don't know what's happening, but I think I see indications of of Chris Judge just kind of mailing it in right now. Like, his character has always been stoic, but it's getting to the point of, like, of, like, we've now had three episodes. The the entire, every battle part of Dakara, we have seen nothing of the battle. This, this legendary, this huge, momentous, culminating moment in the story of the Jaffa, this massive thing. This massive thing is constantly being shown with with shots of Christopher Judge and Tony Amendola strolling and talking. It's been three episodes now where they're strolling and they're talking or they're on the bridge of a ship 
talking or they look slightly alarmed, but not super alarmed. And they don't and they're definitely not having to roll around on the ground with explosives going off around them. Like it's it's just them kind of staring menacingly off into this distance. It's 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 gotten to the point where it's not working for me anymore, like at all. The the, the whole knighting thing just felt stupid. Um, (laughs) It was supposed to be amazing, like the highest honor that we can give is bloodkin to all Jaffa. It's like, that's your best. That's not, that's your best Jaffa. That's your best writers. Like, like that's, that's what you got. Um, whoop de do. I don't know why that's important. I am told that this is the most important, but that's it. I haven't seen it in action. I haven't seen examples of bloodkin to all Jaffa before as legendary actors. I don't know why this is important. I'm just told it's important. And then I get to see uh, Christopher Judge and Tony Amendola look like it's a magnificent honor. And then Christopher Judge also trying to play it cool because that's what that's what Teal'c is doing. But it's the energy isn't there. Like I've seen Christopher Judge play Teal'c cool, but yet still have pulsating energy behind it. it just looks like he's bored right now um i don't know whose fault that is i don't know if that's christopher judge's fault i don't know if it's the director's fault i don't know if it's the writer's fault i just don't know where the where the problem is but it's there it's not interesting um it's unfortunate because as um as Braytac says to teal'c like the whole reason that teal'c joined up with sg1 in the first place was to liberate jaffa amongst others was to, was to was to see the downfall of the ghoul world but he his motivation was to was to liberate his brothers and sisters and this has been a major theme throughout the seasons like big time we've had entire interesting story arcs about the, exactly that mm-hmm. to have us at Dakara where we win by virtue of a magic super weapon that we didn't know about before and we didn't see any of that struggle we were just told it was a big struggle and they did spend you know the the production team did spend budget on making the graphics cool like you know the little scene with all the people cheering like that was fun but it did feel like it was almost a distraction which is really unfortunate because it was supposed to it's it is it's a core part of the story of the characters that made up the sg1 team like this is a big deal and it just felt like it got shoved in. I didn't like that. And, but it, and I and I but I can't negate. I can't give it props when it failed. To my, in my opinion, like this line, this story didn't work. And here we are. And it's okay. There we go. You have the free Jaffa Nation. You know, it, it feels like it's a, oh yeah. By the way, free Jaffa Nation. Yep, they they exist too. Like. <laughs> you know, where are the Tokra? Where's where's our little token line of the of the new Tokra? you know, eminence or I don't know what, you know what I mean? Like, like whatever it should have been given better. Maybe I'll get it later. I don't know, but I, whatever here, here we are. Uh, did I miss anything, Zach? There was a lot. I've talked for a long time now. You have talked for a long time, uh, um, but did I miss anything? I don't know if you have, I think you covered all of the, the pieces, at least um, analytically. There was a lot. There was a lot going yeah. on. Okay. So I'll stop. But I'll stop by saying overall, I'm on the positive side. I'm there for a lot of reasons, but I don't have a cake right now. I've got a lot of things that I enjoy and I did enjoy it, but something didn't. I don't know what it didn't get together 
But I felt like I was watching maybe three different stories. One of them was really boring. One of them I didn't really care that much about. One of them I thought was really interesting. And I'm struggling to see how they actually interconnect thematically. Uh, But they happened. And here we are at the edge of the pond fishing, which is fine. That's a good spot. Like, I like this. But how we got here is a little goofy. All right. Okay. That's where I'm at. What about you, Zach? What did you think about this episode? Okay. So, A, I like this episode. Yeah. Um, I really like this episode. Sure. Uh, this is an episode that uh, is not a fast-paced episode at all. Mm-hmm. It just kind of starts with this just kind of slow step, and it keeps that slow step the entire time through the entire episode. Yeah. And for me, it holds my attention through this. Yes. With that. And... and and for my money, I mean, that's impressive because I get distracted easily, sure. right? I mean, if you don't, if, if you don't keep my attention um, and, you know, snappiness is usually a way to keep my attention. Um, now, that's to say you can go over the top there and, and screw it up. But, yep. you know, um, you know, a, a slow paced story is a recipe for me to go yawn and move on. But I didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I stuck with the story and I followed it. Um, the story is around Sam and Daniel. Yeah. That's the story. Um, we're wrapping up the story of, uh, uh, Sam and Pete. Uh, and I am thankful that the writers realized that that was a relationship that wasn't working. Yes. And we I needed agree. to end it. Um, and I thought that they did a good job of ending that in a way that um, doesn't like it doesn't um, harm anybody, right? I mean, emotions are racked and broken, and yeah. and, and and characters you know walk away, and you know, uh, but but you don't do it in such a way that that Pete becomes the bad guy, right? Right? Um, you know, and, and in some cases. You feel for Pete, you 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 kind of think, gosh, he got a raw end of that deal. Mm-hmm. Um but you also don't think that that uh you know, Sam wasn't like stringing him along or or any of that stuff, right? So it's just like the the artistry of of telling that story in such a way that um we say goodbye to Pete and that's a good thing. But we also uh for this episode we're not like, oh, Pete's just just a jerk and, and uh, an abusing cop and, you know, manipulating his, his, you know, all that stuff was true before. Yeah. Um, but this is an episode that that is able to say goodbye to that character without turning him into a demon. Yeah, 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 yep. Yeah. Um, and, and, and without killing him, which, right. which is impressive because <laughs> yeah, most yeah. of Sam's boyfriends ended up dying. Yeah, it's kind of a thing. <laughs> um, and at this point in time, Amanda Tapping has realized this and had mentioned this to the people. You're like, look, all my boyfriends die. This is not yeah. cool. Yeah. Right. So, so we have a situation where we end a relationship that needs to end um, without killing the guy and without making anybody feel like they're the bad guy. Right. Um, which was very artfully done. Uh, and then you've got the, the Daniel Jackson story of being in the diner. I, I love that setting. Um, I just love the way that it just, uh, the whole setting just feels like it's not quite in the right place. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, 
and and it's perfect for that stuff. I mean, it just um, the the development of Jim slash Anubis um, is is uh, very well written and well acted. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really uh, like uh, George Zunz's uh, uh, acting job with Anubis there with Jim. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. that's just perfect. Um, it's 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 creepy. It's um, it's something's not quite right without just you know giving him a twirly mustache from the very beginning. Yes. Um, you know, y- you see the steps such that when you get the revelation that he's Anubis, you're like, of course he is. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Without going, I knew that from chapter two. Yes. Yes. Um, I agree. So I think that's just super well done. Um, you know, as as part of these stories here, um, you've got the the Carrie Johnson line with O'Neill, um, and how uh how that you know just it's it's a very minor part of the 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 episode, um, but her self awareness in this episode is is amazing. Yeah, um, I, I kind of wish that I got to know that character more. Oh, oh uh, yeah, uh, uh, absolutely. And also that level of self-awareness would be typified by her being like, you know what? I enjoyed going on dates with you. This is, this is great. Your steak cooking is terrible. You, sir, why don't you uh, why don't you go like go where you want to go? It's you know, like it's it's obvious. Do it. You yeah. have options. And and just just her ability to do that. Um it just it in this case, this is a character that was I mean, this is a character that we're not gonna see again. Oh yeah. Um no. you know, and, and it's written to be a character that we're never gonna see again. Yep. Um and you know, so it's just a two dimensional character that, that's there to to provide a foil for Jack and Sam to work through their crap. But yet also not be I, I did like how they wrote her because she wasn't <sighs> She wasn't actually throwaway. Precisely. Yeah. That's, that's exactly where I'm going. Yeah. Um, you know, so th- like this is a character that we hadn't seen any evidence of before. She yep. pops up in this episode and she's gone um, 60 minutes later, technically, yeah. you know, and, and we won't see her again. And yet we, it, why we're like, oh, okay. So Jack's got a girlfriend. Yeah. Didn't know about that. Now we do. Okay. Oh, Jack doesn't have a girlfriend anymore. Okay, moving on. Uh, you know, oftentimes it's so easy, and Star Tra- Stargate has has made the misstep of having characters like that that just feel out of place. Oh yes, but this is not that. This just it fits and it works, and and just giving her that depth at the end to say, you know oh, yeah. what, you you like, I see this. Everybody sees this. Yeah, you know. You need to do something, you know, just do it. Yep. Um, I, I really, pre- I think that's, 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 uh, astounding. Um, the, the Jaffa stuff is, is very nice background. Sure. Um, there, there, there's, <laughs> there's nothing much more that can be said there. Uh, mm-hmm. I think that your assessment of that, uh, is, is, uh, very astute and, mm. and real. And I think you're right that, um, the the tilt character, uh, really is given kind of the short end of the stick here, and Big it's time. really really short end of the stick. Mm-hmm. Um, because we don't see any of 
of this watershed moment for Teal'c um, in action. No. Uh, we're, we're told that it happens here and there, you know, but, but we don't see it happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we don't see it happening because uh, there's all of these other things that are happening that take center stage. Um, I'm, not, I'm not saying that as an excuse. I'm just saying that that's, that's why, right? If that makes sense. Yes. Um, but I also think that, that, they, that we are missing something there. Um, that, that something could have been done there. Something should have been done there. Uh, and we don't really quite get it. Um, we, we only get to see this grand transformation uh, from, you know, three miles up instead of um, in the weeds. I mean, even 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 the replicators got more of a ending than Anubis's coal warriors did on Dakara, as in like like even the the Jaffa storyline, which was kind of weirdly given nothing other than exposition, could have had crazy tense um, visuals of mountains of coal warriors descending on these on this on this far outmatched outpost you know what i mean like it could have been huge it just just so agonizing and then the strange uh the strange release that would happen when all of the coal warriors just stopped yeah like and like that, and of course here's here's, here's here's the catch on that is that if we were going to show those types of scenes which, by all rights, they deserve their space, it would have required Reckoning to be written in a different way. Um, Because if we'd seen that in these episodes, they would have felt, uh, as it is, um, it would have felt out of place. It would have been like, well, there's a nice, fancy, you know, uh, CG shot, but I didn't need it. Hmm. Um, So in order to get the punch from that, you would have had to uh, reshape the story in in a significant way uh from reckoning on Hmm. that's my opinion yeah i don't i don't i'm not disagreeing it's just that i'm sitting here just like i I don't know if it if you would or not just because i'm like what what would you have to well so here's the thing is like um what we know about the cull warriors is that they're virtually unstoppable yes and they're very very deadly yes um and so, how do you show that in an epic way? Um, what do they have? Ten cold warriors against a thousand troops, right? Um, you know, it w- without that weapon that um, that they were able to craft with, you know, way back in in season seven or whenever that right. was. Yeah, the uh, magic, you know, without magic that gun. weapon to slow them down, um, you know, you're just watching a hot knife slice through butter uh and then all of a sudden the hot knife just dies i i I still think that could have been epic in its own way so the reason why i'm kind of bringing it back up a little bit is because in the same way that i felt that the anubis storyline just ends dot 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 question mark and it seems a little sudden it it could have felt uh positively terrifying you could have had this episode have your viewers kind of wonder just what exactly are they going to be doing for the next four weeks because we still have four weeks worth of season left right that you have this this absolute um 
We just have juggernaut. juggernaut season left at this point in time. Well, we got two two-parters, don't we? Well, we have one two-parter for Atlantis and one oh, two-parter for okay. SG One. My mistake. So, so you're sitting there and you're, you're you're you know you're you're a fan and you're watching it in real time and you know that the season ends in a couple of weeks' time and here you are and you have this unstoppable juggernaut where finally Anubis, after all of his careful machinations, have. Has, has finally got the final pieces clicking into place. He has lured away the majority of the Jaffa warriors. He is now facing only against a small contingent on a planet that has a life ending weapon on the, you know, you could have that, that pressure. You could have the victory. Anubis won. He was dialing gates, right? You could have all of that happen. And then the strange half hope we had it happen it happened when daniel jackson grabbed a hold of replicarder and he said you're in danny's world now we had a moment where everything stopped and it was glorious now it started up again because of reasons and whatever and that still worked but when that occurred the onslaught of the replicators was unstoppable it was happening and it was this action of a hero off to the side that caused the momentum to stop. And when the momentum literally stopped, that itself was huge. That was a massive moment, uh, uh, an opportunity to catch your breath. It didn't last long. And it, and then, and then the problem arose again and we, and we had to do something else, but it, it, it meant something. It was meaningful, but we didn't see any of that with the end of Anubis at all. Uh, when was the last time that we saw a cold warrior? It's been a while. Um, yeah, it's been a bit. And I mean, we so, saw we saw the Cold Warriors bring in Replicarder um, when just before she killed, um, uh, just before she killed uh, you in right. in Reckoning. Yeah. Okay. Um, but, but they weren't but like just, they they yeah. were just foot soldiers at that point. Exactly. In time, you know. Right. You know. They the last like time fighting. that we precisely the last time that I think that we saw them as Cold Warriors in. Uh, pursuit of Anubis's goals was way at the beginning of the season. I think that the last time that we saw the armor was when um, Vala was wearing it. You know what I mean? Like, right. like the last time that, that it was actually being used in a fighty type way, it was Vala, I think. Um, and so it's been so long, so long. And this is how we stop that? That's a little weird. I respect that they were playing a double long episode here just about, right? They're doing an hour and a half of TV. Or no, it aired in a two-hour block, probably right. Um, and so, sixty. It probably aired in a ninety-minute block. Fine. Uh, you know, and so you don't have all day, and we might have been seeing parts of what was going to be a movie. You know what I mean? Like they did that before in some other previous episodes, where basically this was the plot of what was going to be the movie, and now they know they've got a ninth season coming, probably. So they tell this story that would have been the movie because it felt really epic in a lot of ways, but then because they trimmed it. It felt a little anemic, especially the Jaffa story, especially the Anubis story. But it still happened, and these are big things. These are really big things. So, um, one of the things that our watching um, has has um, diminished, just the way we've done it, and you know, because of our schedule, we've taken a few weeks off before we even watched the last episode. Sure. Uh, it's been fully a month uh, before we watched Reckoning, since we watched Reckoning. Yeah, that's true. Um, maybe even a little bit more than a month now. Uh, and 
And the reality is that Reckoning Part 1 and 2 and Threads is kind of a three-part storyline. It's, you know, and I I think we did it correctly, and we we talked about Reckoning and we talked about Threads, but it is one uh, big storyline here. Um, And the story they chose to tell was the story about replicators, um, and then this episode becomes the the uh, denouement of that it becomes mm. the wrapping up of yeah. all of this stuff and then we yeah. get uh additional levels of of heightened tension about a couple of things That's but fair. it's you know so when when you think about it like that i mean whether it's the right story to tell or not is is up for debate but when you think about it like that then then the whole epic stuff that you were talking about with Anubis and the Cold Warriors and blah 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 is what we saw in Reckoning with the 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 bad guys being the replicators and not the Cold Warriors. Uh, yeah, I think I still would be complaining though because then that means that you're just diminishing what was supposed to be the worst of the bad guys in the Ghoul World. Because another way of saying it, a, a snarky way of saying it is this just proves to me that the Ghoul World are really just crappy bad guys. Right, right. Because this is it. This is how it ends. You know, to be fair, um, that's not a bad way to place it. Okay, sure. Uh, I mean, you you can do that. Um, the the Guauld. I mean, from the very beginning, were a threat to the galaxy. Not because they were bad. Well, I mean, they were bad, but not because they were like like you know uh, good at it. Good at it, but because. (laughs) They lucked into being the one to uh, have yeah. the technology. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and that doesn't mean that they weren't threatening and they weren't a problem. Right. They were. Right. But, I mean, ultimately, you know, if, if the guy who sleeps in his mom's basement, um, you know, gets a whole bunch of power, uh, he's got right. a whole bunch of power. But that doesn't mean he's not still the guy who sleeps in mom's basement. Right. Um, I, I don't know if that metaphor actually works, but there it is. Yeah. I'll give you the benefit of the doubt. I know what you're kind of driving at, you know, um, and, and, you know, there, there's something to that. Um, it's worth noting also that there are, hmm, how much can I say? Yeah. I respect that this might get a little touchy there. There are. So a couple of things at this point in time, they know that they're getting a ninth season. Yeah. Um, they also know that there are going to be some significant changes. I can see the writing on the wall. Hey, Jack, you should retire. Um, so um, a lot of people in the fandom call Stargate SG-1 seasons 9 and 10, like SG-1.5. Yeah, okay, yeah. Like it... It is in a lot of ways something its different. own series. Yeah. Um that uses it's the same setting and it's a lot of the same characters, but there are differences. Yes. Um it became more practical for any number of reasons yeah. to continue to call it SG one. Yeah. As opposed to calling it the new SG one or the SG one <laughs> next generation or whatever. Yeah, right. Yeah. right? <laughs> um but there, there's the reality there, and this has become the episode, episodes, reckoning and yep. threads. Yep. That 
and this is part of the reason why this episode is called Threads. It it draws yeah together. I, let me interrupt you so that you don't have to spoil anything. Let me just see what I, let me just tell you what I see. Okay. We ended the episode with SG1 fishing at the pond. The thing that Jack O'Neill has been wanting since season 1. That's not accidental. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um there there are a lot of parallels I think between the closing scene of this and the closing scene of all good things from next generation. Yeah. Yep. Sitting around um, the poker table. You know, so there's uh that's what this episode is. Uh then the final episode um you know, the the last two parter is set up. It is well it it is a made for TV movie. Yeah, okay. Sure. Um that that uh I mean it's not it, it's it's two parter episode blah 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 blah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But 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 in terms of the storyline it's it's designed to be a made for TV episode. Yep. That and a made for TV movie that um connects things together. Yeah. I can't say a whole lot more. D- yeah, I I I you're not spoiling anything. I know what you're talking about. Thematically speaking, we're in a transition. And maybe if I was watching it live, I wouldn't necessarily know that we're in for a transition. However, I'm a pretty astute media consumer. I'm they're 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 laying down the hints. It's not going to be a big shock. Some there's going to be big changes. By the way, I've now done this project long enough. Remember when in the early days I'd say I'd see a picture, but I didn't know what it was because I had no context. Yep. And I knew that it was spoilery, but I just didn't know what it was. So I was just like, ah, I probably shouldn't look at that. It's getting to the point now that I notice things. I notice when certain faces aren't on certain DVD box sets. That's what I'm just saying. That's, yep. just, that's all I'm yep. saying. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Um. You know, uh, so, okay. Since, since you know now and I know, right, yeah. let's just not pretend. Yeah, um, RDA is not going to be a part of the thing. RDA least, is not a part of the thing in nine yeah, and ten. Right? How um, we get there? Don't say anything. Obviously, no, no. Like, I won't, I won't talk about part. that. Yep. Um, but you know, I mean, off camera, um, we know that that RDA, you know, since season the beginning of seven, uh, six, you know, after season six, he was like, okay, I need to reduce my yep availability, and yep. so he wasn't on camera a lot during season seven. And then at the end of season seven for season eight, they promoted him to general, which means yep. he doesn't have to be there. Even he has to be there even less. Yes. Um, and RDA at this point in time has said, okay, I need to step back. I need to be done so that I can spend time with my family. Yes. Totally get it. There yep. it is. Yeah. And so, you know, all of this is to wrap up that story, you yep. know, to, and then, and then we get one more, uh, in the last episodes of the season, in this made-for-TV movie type of thing, the final, uh, you know, one last story to yep. tell with Jack O'Neill. Yep. yep. Um, you know, that doesn't spoil anything that we didn't no. already talk about in this point in time. Yes. Um, so so that's, that's what's happening. Yep. Um, I think you're right when it comes to this episode and reckoning that, that uh, what got lost in the mix of all of that is really telling the story of uh, of of the Jaffa gaining their freedom. Oh yeah. Uh, you know, we we were told it happens and and we see some of the things uh, as it's happening, but the story of the show 
and and the narrative of the episodes um have that as a parallel thing that's happening without being something that is is actually told yep uh and and that's is it a misstep i don't know it 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 it's it is missing it's missing i wish it was there i wish it was there too it's not there um so what i can do is let me talk about the story that is there yep um and so that's kind of where i am with this episode yep where it is so uh we've been talking quite a while yeah well, there's and lots we to say have, but yes it's been a good conversation i mean this is yeah. a longer episode so we have to talk about it longer uh there's a lot to this episode mm-hmm. um and there's certainly more than we could talk about however it is time it's I time think. um chevron ratings yeah how many chevrons are you going to give threads i i really did i i, I was bashing it and I'm standing by every word of that bash. And I also think that you nailed it when you were talking about how, you know, like what's missing mattered. I, you are going to talk about the story that you were given. I'm going to focus on the story that I wasn't. And when I use such harsh language, I usually come in pretty steamy with a real low rating. That's not happening. I'll spoil it. I'm giving it a six out of seven. I missed what I wasn't given. If they had done better work with the Jaffa storyline, and if they had made the Anubis ending feel a bit crunchier, a bit more satisfying, this uh, and okay, I was going to say this thing would have been an eight. Uh, there's so much that happened. Like there's, it's so important and it's so impactful that if they had, if they had done those two parts, I don't know. I don't know how they would have done it in the time that they were given. I'm not saying that they would have, that they should have automatically succeed i'm just acknowledging like i didn't get it but i did get a lot and the lot that i did get was there was a there was a lot of info in there i'm not very happy with some of it i didn't care an awful lot about a piece of it but at nowhere was it done poorly the worst criticism that i have is again i'm not exactly sure why i think i see christopher judge just kind of mailing it in it feels like it i could be way wrong i admit i could be way wrong but it feels like that that's the worst as far as, as far as the performance is concerned, that's the worst as far as the set creation or the direction or the shot composition or the pace. Like that part of it was the worst of it. And while I'm willing to deride it, 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 it wasn't terrible. It was just it was just flat. It needed to be better. The rest of it was really good. Even the parts I didn't care about were really good. So six out of seven for me, it was a good episode. It moved the story along. It wrapped things up as per fitting the title. It, it, it did so in an interesting way. There was lots about it that I was really intrigued with. To your point, Zach, I was invested the entire episode. I wasn't bored. This was 60 minutes of kind of a plodding episode. I was there every single second of it. It worked. Six out of seven because I wanted the extra that I didn't get. What sure. about you? Um, so I recognize that what you just said about wanting the extra, it could have been there. Perhaps should have been there. Um, I think it would have... If it was going to be done well, it needed to be its own story. And I don't think it would have fit mm. well with everything else that was being told here. That is sure. to say, it would have... Uh, I mean, it, it's too many different episodes. Yep. Um, so what do I get? I got this. And, and I loved it. Uh, okay. I think this is uh, a, a great story. I think that uh, what it has, it tells well. I'm giving this an eight. Ooh, okay. Uh, wow. I, I think that this uh, is is a story that that uh, does right by 
uh, the characters overall. Yeah. Uh, it does right by the fans. Um, uh, it, it, I recognize that, that it doesn't do right by Teal'c. No. It doesn't do right by Teal'c. Uh, it does do right by the others. Yes. Um, uh, I am a little disturbed that it doesn't do right by Teal'c. Um, but also, I'm not sure that this episode could have been the episode that does something right by Teal'c. Yeah. I think he would have needed to have another episode yeah uh to tell that story and maybe they should have probably they should have but that's not the fault of this episode correct that's uh, fair. that's that's the fault of something else and so i give it an eight i think yeah. this is okay this is uh great uh, i i love this yeah all right good so we have some comments and some predictions predictions all right are you ready i am ready uh, we start with Rowan. Hi, Rowan. Hi, Rowan. Welcome back. We haven't uh, seen from you or heard from you in a while. So well, welcome back. We've also been gone for a bit, too. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so they say, it's the episode we've all been waiting for. That's mm. right. It's the one where Sam finally dumps Officer Pete <laughs> and Jack bids farewell to old What's Your Name, a character we've come to know and love over low these many episodes. Uh-huh. Meanwhile, Daniel is looking pretty good for a dead guy. I love the color on him. Actually, yeah. I love that color on me. Uh, uh -huh. Where can I get that shirt? Yeah, da yeah. <laughs> Daniel is once more on his way to a higher plane of existence. Maybe. He's stopped off at the diner from Dead Like Me for waffles and a little chat with Oma. Some yep. guy called Jim is there, and Oma doesn't seem to care for him, but he's the only one besides her who seems interested in talking to Daniel. It's always nice to make new friends. Maybe between the three of them, they can find some way to stop Anubis from destroying the galaxy. Yeah. Anubis sends his cold warriors against the rebel Jaffa at Takara, and an epic battle ensues, footage not found. Yeah. We say goodbye to Dad Carter, and hello to Daniel's extremely hairless chest, and a little yeah. bit of hand-holding between Jack and Sam. I am here for it. Everything works out, and the gang meets up at Jack's Minnesota cabin for a little relaxing pretend fishing. Yep. There is a lot of good arc advancing stuff here. My only complaint is that the A and B plots don't mesh very well, and mm -hmm. it's a little jarring jumping back and forth between them. In spite of that, Brent and Zach will be delighted with sevens all around. Yeah, close. This very, episode very close. has an IMDb rating of 8.7, which is six chevrons, putting it in the top 10% starting yeah, episodes yeah. overall. Yep. Yep. Well, you know, the average is sevens all around. That's right. But that's, you know, well done. Thank you. Good. Yes, very well done. All right. We have um, Paul. Hi, Paul. Paul says, currently, I am listening to the Mini O'Neill Chevron ratings. Uh, Mini O'Neill Chevron rating. Oh, that would be um, Fragile's, uh, you know, the ball ants. Oh. Right. Right. Mini O'Neill. Uh, when he's just a kid. Oh, because, that's right. Yeah, so, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, uh, Paul continues. Threads is not coming back to me just yet, but I remember the diner scene. Thanks for the reminder of what happens, Rowan. Uh, predictions is Zach is a seven and Brent yeah. is a six. Hey, got mine. Ah, uh, very close, very close. You got Brent right on, and you certainly got the height of mine. Uh, but I actually uh, went that extra chevron and you gave got that. It you the, pulled in that extra eight galaxy spanning chevron. Yep. 
Uh, this will be due to the many topics that get covered and the conversations they bring up. Yep. Will Brent have a good bagel today? I Only did. the chevrons can tell. <laughs> <laughs> um, then we have Sean. Hi, Sean. Sean says, right after Carter gets a call about her dad whilst at Jack's place, the bird in the background sounds like a Starfleet com badge communication. Yeah, 38 minutes in, actually. Good number. One of the best episodes. Yes. How long did it take Brent to work out he was Anubis? I, I, First time around, I had no clue. Nope. This is an 8 out of 7 all round easily. Ah, uh, yeah. Ah, Zach. Well, you got mine, Sean, and you <laughs> didn't. Brent, Brent, Brent had a, a slightly burned bagel, apparently. Uh, no, my bagel was perfect. I just uh. want more Jaffa. <laughs> he needs a Jaffa cake. I need a Jaffa cake. Okay. Did Brent remember Zach made a joke about Daniel meeting Anubis in a coffee shop a few months ago? No. Oh, yeah, that's right. I did make a joke about Daniel making <laughs> meeting Anubis, Daniel meeting Anubis in a coffee shop a few months ago. <laughs> I did not catch that. That's hilarious. Uh, I, well done. I can't remember the, the, the context of that, but that was pretty good. Yeah. But that was Thanks a, for so reminding that been like me a, that, Sean. Yeah, a, that's a sneaky, that was a sneaky Easter egg to our listeners that went right over my head. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was the whole idea. I, yeah. I, I really want, I threw that, I remember at that point in time, I can't remember the context anymore, but I yes. do remember that, that uh, I, I tossed that in there because I knew that for your ears, it would sound <laughs> totally random and bonkers. Like gibberish. <laughs> and everybody who was listening, who knows the show would be like, oh my gosh, did you yep. see what he just did? Yep. Just went right past me. Yep. Very nice. All right. And we have Kevin. Hi, Kevin. Hi, Zach. Hi, Brent. This episode is basically Reckoning Part 3. Yeah. And it's an amazing conclusion to the Anubis saga. While watching this extra-length episode, I wrote a few notes. Okay. If Isaac Jaffa can bestow the highest honor possible, then what does that make him? Right. Supreme Master Jaffa of all Jaffa. Number two. Are Teal'c and Braytek wearing the wrist devices from the episode upgrades? No, I don't yeah. think so. But it was definitely Maybe. was a little one had a gun in it or Zelta or Zach Nicotel and one had nothing in it. Yep. Number three. Oh, that's right. I forgot that he exists. Who? I oh probably Pete. Oh, Pete. Yeah. Uh, number four. Yep. Those are definitely the, the devices from upgrades. Ah, OK. Uh, OK. I, I don't recall them and I can't speak to them. Number five. Jacob had a similar reaction to my dad. When I originally told him I was thinking of pro- about proposing, ah. he didn't say a thing on the ride back home. Oh, okay. Uh, number six, Sam gets a great f- call. Uh, great. Oh, cell. Uh, Sam gets great cell phone reception for being in a mountain hundreds of feet I underground. Also thought the same thing. That's right. You know, let's be fair. If it was a uh, a place like that. I mean, the fact that this is true in 2005 is a little bit shocking. But if it were today, they would have so many cell antennas in that place, it wouldn't matter. Uh, I, I think no. I have reasons to think no, but um, I can't discuss them. Okay. <laughs> Do you have some sort of NDA that you're not talking about? Hey, uh, so what else did, uh, what else, what else was, did Kevin have to say? Okay, fair enough. Uh, where am I? Let's see here. Okay, number seven. With how much sugar Daniel was putting in his coffee. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure how he checked. Uh, I'm not sure. Uh, so, uh, 
Huh? I, I'm. He says I'm. How he checks his blood sugar off. I'm not sure how he checks his blood sugar off. Anyway, yeah. Um. It, 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 Kevin look, takes his coffee black. Look. Do you think that that was actually sugar? Do you think that Daniel actually has a body? Do you think that Daniel has blood sugar at that moment? Ah, uh, very metaphysical of you. <laughs> anyway, Number eight. Those newspapers would be a great prop to own. That's true. Oh, yeah, totally. Number nine. I don't think beer is the best way to put out a grill. <laughs> I'm not sure what he was doing there. <laughs> I, 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 think, I don't think he was trying to put out the grill. I think he was trying to use the beer as a seasoning of the charred steak. I would not want to eat that at all. <laughs> um, I, I, I do want to point out that, that in that scene, he starts flailing a little bit with the bottle. Yes. And you yes. see some of the beer go. Yes. Whoosh. Yes. Yes. <laughs> out to the side. And uh, I'm like, oh, I, that's delightful. Yep. Yeah, it was good. Uh, number 10. It's weird that I never thought about how Anubis ascended before this episode. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, that's number- a, yeah. 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 That's yes. Yeah. Yep. Um, number 11. This is the best episode for no other reason than he is gone. Mm. <laughs> Goodbye, Pete. Bye, Pete. Number 12. This feels more like a series finale more than anything. Mm-hmm. So if this is the third to last episode, then what will the next, what will the last two episodes be? High adventure. We will find out in a few weeks time, but not yes. today. Yes. All right. So. Kevin says, I absolutely love this episode. I adore it. In fact, this is my nine Chevron episode of SG-1. Wow. Wow. Yeah, it's been okay. a while since I watched the episodes after this, so I'm curious to see how it goes. But I think next time we are in Pegasus, so I'll have to wait a little longer to receive the gift. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I predict Zach is going to give this a six, and Brent will have some issue with it and give it a five. See you next time. Kevin, you were on the right pace. That is for sure. Yes. Um, I, I wouldn't give this nine chevrons <laughs> um, because at this point in time, we don't know about nine chevrons. <laughs> Them's the rules. The rules but, that I made up right now. I think it's been the rules for actually a no, little those, bit. Are the, but, those are the uh, rules that I made up a long time ago. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, and, and, and so, uh, there will not be a nine Chevron episode until such time as we know about nine Chevrons. <laughs> until and such at time that point in time, there may or may not actually be a nine Chevron episode. Yeah, that is that time to tell. Possibility. There is, there is a, there is the distinct possibility that uh, my ratings get lower as we go on. Yeah, uh, you know, all is possible. Hmm. Um. So that is the uh, predictions on Facebook. Okay. Very nice. Thank you, everybody. What do we have on the discords? On Discords, we have Jen. Hi, Jen. Hi, Jen. Jen says, Threads is my favorite SG-1 episode, period. I put it on when I'm sad. Oh, I'm sorry. I put it on when I'm sad, when I'm sick, or whenever I simply feel like it. It never fails to lift my mood. And for me, this is the unofficial finale of season eight. After Daniel's disappearance, we see that Jack has his defense mechanisms up to nines almost mirroring early seasons Jack when dealing with his son's death. Yeah, yeah. Death is going to be a leading topic for this episode in one form or another. Finally, we get to see the last of Pete. I'm just so frustrated with him, like hands in my hair and pulling desperately frustrated. 
Jacob was all of us when it came to Pete. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Regarding <laughs> Jacob, he has been one of my favorite recurring characters. I love how his relationship with Sam evolved during the run of the show. Selmak softened his military edges, and I always end up crying when he dies. Always. Especially with Carmen already gone, too. The whole plot line with, da- with Daniel and Anubis in the diner is pure gold. Daniel's naked showdown at the end and Braytac's approving look deserves a special mention. We also got another thread. Jack and Sam, Sam and Jack, and Carrie, and Pete. A love quadruple? Yikes. <laughs> With Dad's help, <laughs> Sam finally notices that she doesn't even love the dude she's intending to marry, whereas Jack simply needed someone to push stubborn butt, push his stubborn butt toward finally getting over his own ego and feelings of inadequacy. Thanks, Carrie. I mean it. Yeah, no kidding. One last thing. The moment at Jack's Pond with the whole team is truly a sappy memory for me. I really, really love this episode. I don't even care about its flaws. Eight out of seven chevrons for me, always. Predicting Brent and Zach's ratings is something that gave me headaches for this one. (laughs) Brent tends to be rather critical towards most of the fan favorite episodes. (laughs) There's truth to that. Uh However, I decide to go with my heart and not my head for this one. Brent will give threads a seven out of seven chevrons. Sorry. Zach will be hit with similar sentimentality and I'm knowing things. And as I'm knowing things... And Zach will rate this an eight out of seven chevrons. Oh, yes. Yep. Very, very, yep. very good. We got uh, Dinner Beef. Hi, Dinner Beef. Hi, Dinner Beef. Dinner Beef says, going to keep this short as I'm on vacation. But sevens all around. Oh, quick edit before I, you read this. The entire newspaper is amazing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I will admit to pausing the video and trying to glean as much information as I could out of it. But, I, I, but my definition was a little lower than the ability to read all the text. But, ah. Yes. Then we have JD. Hi, JD. Hi, JD. This episode is definitely meant to wrap everything in a pretty bow that Daniel will use to cover his lower half. Yes, there are some (laughs) B and C and barely a D plot going on, but we always care about. But what we should care about is the ethereal diner and the quickest newspaper in the galaxy. Yep. All kidding aside, says JD. This is a good episode that has some very interesting moments. In my opinion, SG-1 at its second best. I'd give it a seven. And I could see Brent and Zach taking it up to eight with the right topics. Yeah, Ooh, very yep. close. You got Zach. Very close. And we have Elio. Hey, Elio. Hi, Elio. Says, love this episode. Ascending dining rooms. Can I order to go? Ha ha ha. The funny <laughs> parts. One, forget it. We're not going to have a memorial service for someone that never dies. No kidding. For all we know, he's going to waltz through the store at any time. Three, two, one. Second. So I can let Anubis destroy the whole galaxy and just stay here and contemplate my own enlightenment. No, 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 no. You can do so much more than that. You see, you can eat your waffles. (laughs) (laughs) Three. Hey, Jim, right? Long time no see. How have you been? Still the inner layers of ascension? How's the plan to dominate the universe going? Did you get your coffee, by the way? Nice. Four. Man, this must be the worst week of Carter's life. One of her best friends is missing, Daniel. She's engaged to someone to, with someone she doesn't actually love, Pete. Her father's approval is less than convincing, or she was expecting someone to shake her out of it. Her actual love seems to be on another plane of existence. The scene where he let the girls talk while he keeps quiet is too embarrassing. I understand him by his faces. What can I say? What can I say? Okay, keep quiet and let it roll. I'm not sure if I get that reference at all. Anyway. I, well, I, I, I think that's talking about the episode talk. when when Carrie and and 
Carter and O'Neill are at the the Cabin. backyard, uh, and, uh, backyard. and and the two women are just talking and talking, and they're they're talking through things, and he's just silent the whole time. Oh, I understand him by his faces. What can I say? Yeah, okay, keep quiet, let it roll. Got it. Her fa- yes, good read. Her father is dying for good now. Anubis wants to recover Dakara and wipe out everything to reshape the galaxy. There are some days you shouldn't get out of bed. On a second thought, uh, rewing all, ops, almost all of it, re- redo it, whatever. Oma stepped, uh, stepped in for an, e- an eternal battle. All right, five. What do you get when you ca- catch a naked person in your office? Give him a flag. <laughs> Six. There is no fish in this pond. There is no. Uh, I want to know who has Daniel, who gave Daniel a lift home. Uh, I give it sevens all around too. So there wasn't any actual prediction in there, Elio, but uh, but I think the po- general positivity was was definitely in the right zone. That's for well, sure. I think the, the, fact, the way he says sevens all around is you figuring we're going to give it seven. Give it sevens all around too. All right. Jenny says this episode really wraps up. uh, Hi, Jenny. Hi, Jenny. Yeah, sorry. Jenny says this episode really wraps up all the loose threads. The Jaffa quest for freedom has been realized. Anubis and Oma are locked in battle. Sam and Pete's engagement ends. Sam and Jacob share a deathbed farewell. And Sam and Jack finally get together or at least allow themselves to admit that they want to be together. No wonder they needed 90 minutes to tell this story. Personally, I really enjoyed the diner, the diner scenes with Daniel, Oma and Jim was. Was that the Dead Like Me diner set? It was. I predict a 7 out of 7 chevrons for Zach and an 8 out of 7 chevrons for Brent. Ah, oh! I, yeah, that was that was bold, but yeah, all right. Yeah. And then we have Aaron. Hi, Aaron. Hi, Aaron. The threads of the leftover stories come together, some happy and some heartbreaking. It seems that in order to lose the dead weight, Pete, Carter also had to lose something she cared about, her dad. Glad Pete is gone, though, and the Sam Jack ship is alive and well. I love this episode. It's more story than big firefights, but it works for me. I love the diner scenes building up to the Anubis reveal and Daniel's courage to yell at the Ancients, a group he once respected. Braytac is a stand-in for the fans in his final scene with the good with the look he gives a half-naked Daniel. <laughs> the, fish- <laughs> the fishing scene brings it home and a great wrap-up for the team. It's a sappy and heartwarming end for me. Jack finally, after eight years, convinced his team to go fishing with him. This is an eight for me, even though the whole team isn't together doing SG-1 things until the end. Brent will probably give this a seven and Zach an eight. Ooh, Got yours. Yeah. Got mine. Very, very good. And that's it for the discords. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, everybody. So we have some uh, emails. Uh-huh. Let's go through. Uh, the first one is from the Mad Baron. Uh, uh, yes. This is actually an episode that, or, or an email that was sent, uh, wow, almost a year ago to the Whoa. day. Oh, wow. Um, in, in way back in 2022, in early September, which is kind of where we're at. Uh-huh, yeah. Um, he says, I'm excited for Brent to see Threads in Season 8. Jim is an absolutely incredible Anubis and somehow manages to switch from a warm to off-putting character with a simple evil laugh. Yep. Plus, the Astral Diner is so ridiculous, especially when mixed with Jim's constant request for more coffee. That is a brilliant addition to the series. Yep. 
Of course, Brent likes Bane, as do I, though not quite as much as him. So his Chevron rating may not be what it should be. I rate this a 7 out of 7 Chevrons, but can't raise it to an 8. Yeah, yeah. I suspect Zach will give it a 6 Chevrons out of 7, or 7 out of 8 if the podcast adopts 8 with Atlantis being introduced, uh, because the Pete story is kind of boring in my opinion, but the Asheville Diner and Selmac line are great. Yep. Brent, on the other hand, will give it a perfect 7 out of 7, or 8 out of 8, if the podcast adopts that scale going forwards, <laughs> as the Astral Diner part of the episode blows the rest of it out of the water. It was very good. So, uh, there you go. Thanks to the Mad Baron. Yes, thank you, um, the Mad Baron. And, uh, you know, so there you go. We have then Ed. Hi, Ed. Uh, Ed says, wow, intrigue, drama. Character twist. Coffee? Breakfast! Breakfast. Truly enlightenment over waffles. And Daniel put a lot of sugar in that coffee. Yeah, he sure For all did. we know, he's going to come waltzing through that door right now. Uh-huh. And when he did, <laughs> meow! <laughs> Pete didn't used to bother me when I was younger, but watching him as an adult, man, I really don't like that guy. Yeah. Pete, what a dumb lead-in. You really got one of those things in your head? But man, <laughs> that's a rough breakup. But hey, at least he can sell the house right afterwards again that easily. Yeah, right. I yeah, know. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that, uh, that it hasn't actually closed yet. Yeah. If it had yeah. closed, you're screwed. It's not screwed. It's just it's just gonna take more. Lo- it's longer than you want. Yeah. All right. Uh, Ed continues. Why is it okay to break some rules and not others? Yeah. The story of the ancients, huh? We learn how not benevolent the ancients are, willing yep. to let an entire galaxy suffer in order to punish one person. Yeah. Yep. At this point, it makes one cautious about the prospects of ever meeting ancients in the future. Yep. Five chevrons for the episode, plus one for furthering the story, plus one for breaking up with Pete, plus one for the greasy spoon, <laughs> minus one for no bagels. <laughs> That's a seven. <laughs> so seven. I usually do a terrible job of predicting, but here goes. Brent will give it a six. Yes. And Zach will give it a 6.5. Oh, no. <laughs> he got Brent yeah, right on the money. Yep. And you got to ratchet up mine by a little bit. Uh, I yep. apparently had a good bagel this morning. Yes, so that's good. You wouldn't yeah. have the minus one for the no bagels because yep. my bagel was good. Yep. All right. And then we have David. Hi, David. All right. David sent some wacky emails. Okay. And I got to figure out. Uh, okay. So this and he says. Multi-threaded. Oh, because there's more than one thread. Yeah. And then he says, ignore that stupid fingers. Multi-threaded. Okay. Okay. So, so here we go. Okay. Multi-threaded Chevron encoding bias buffer. C-E-B-B. Keb. Um, <laughs> hope that formatting worked for the joke. Had to type it out in Word and paste it into the cheap editor that Gmail uses for yeah. the for that uh, for some reason does not allow tabs. Yeah, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. I I, I like Gmail a lot about a lot of things, but uh, it's uh it's uh email text editor is uh 
leaves something to be desired. Mm. All right. Anyway, anyway, uh, here is David's prediction. Yes. Threads is a terrific high stakes, low action episode engrossing and entertaining, but almost all just talking. Yeah. It's a very important episode as it wraps up the storyline of several characters and plots effectively and definitively. If you stopped watching Stargate altogether after this episode, it would be a satisfying ending to the show. Yeah, 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 I could see that. Uh, don't do that, please. Uh, there, there's a lot more to come. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, I have nothing else to add that probably has not already been addressed, and my guess is that there was a lot to talk about here. Uh, Zach, eight chevrons for good endings. Brent, yes. eight chevrons for making well over an hour of just talking in a sci-fi show so good. I, you know, I, mm, that's a good read. I was not that generous with my chevrons, but that's a good read. Good read. Yep. Okay. Those are our predictions. Yes. Thank you. Thanks, so, David. Thanks, everybody. Yeah. Thanks, everybody, for those. Uh, Brent. Yeah. Next week, we yeah. return to the Pegasus Galaxy. Yeah. The episode is entitled... The gift. Oh, the what gift. is the gift all about? Um, okay. Next time on Stargate Atlantis. Our Atlantis friends are once again struggling to find themselves resources in order to stay, a f- stay, stay ahead of the imminent threat of the Wraith as, they, as the Wraith come bearing down on them in several hive ships. Hive ships capable of destroying worlds with massive onslaughts of... of Terror and weaponry. How will they continue to stay one step ahead? Well, that's to be discovered in this episode, of course. But the but what happens in this episode, Zach? You see that what happens that's in what this episode is that things occur, and that those things are very big and amazing, and they 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 are they are they are interesting. Interesting things, Zach, will happen in this episode. Okay. Things that are that are that are interesting and enjoyable to look at because it's a television show, you see. So you don't <laughs> listen to the things, you look at them. <laughs> and in looking at them and you say that is enjoyable and, and interesting and intriguing as they struggle to stay one step ahead of the wraith who are coming in their hive ships, which bring destruction with their um, weaponry. Is that is that is that sometimes things get so interesting on the set that they, they, they turn into gifts you see. Yes, animated pictures that you then share with your friends. And that's such a good thing that you say it got gift. So that's what you're going to watch. We're going to watch things that get gift. Join us. Join us next time on Stargate Atlantis, where we go find what things become gift. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. (laughs) Oh, boy. This this is one of those examples where I thought of the pun just before starting, obviously. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. Because I had nothing. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I knew you had nothing. (laughs) Oh, boy. And I I sure had a whole lot of it. And we just got to hear it again and again and again. Oh, that's all I had. <laughs> oh, okay, I, I will give you this. Yeah. That, that for a moment there, I thought you were just going to be floundering and floundering. Yeah. And I was wondering if I needed to step in there and, 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 and throw a lifeline. Yeah, And sure. I realized, 
I have no lifelines to throw. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 and then, yeah, you know, you did fine. You, you, you came around. I, so I delivered I'll, I'll the pun. I, I, if, if I could be counted on for one thing, it's that if I discover a pun, I will deliver it. There you go. You were like the pun postal service. I am the pun postal service. The rain or sleet or snow or gloom of night shall not keep me from my duties of, I don't know. I can't remember where that thing goes. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, I don't know, but, but you kind of had a little bit of green lantern in there too. So. Oh, okay. Sure. All right. Anyway, shall we watch the promo? Yeah. The actual promo. Yeah. Yes, please. All right. So, so I am hitting play. Now. Next time on Stargate Atlantis. Mm-hmm. Sleepy time. Wait, what? <gasps> no! Oh my goodness. Tortured by terrifying dreams, Taylor searches for answers. Everyone on this base is probably afraid. I do not know why I am bothering. Have you always been able to sense the way? Okay, that's good that they got a counselor. My grandfather used to tell a story no one has ever heard the like before or since about the few who once returned. With the wraith attack oh. impending, what risk does Taylor pose? If what you're saying is true, then chances are it was Taylor who gave away the location of our outfit. It's all next wraith. time on Stargate Atlantis. Tell me, what does it feel like to be a wraith? I feel hungry. Oh my, what? What? Huh. Okay. That's interesting. Yeah. And nothing at all like what I predicted. Well, maybe there's some gifs in there. Uh, I, I don't think they have any peanut butter. No, I'm talking about the uh, the wonderfully animated uh, pictures that are clearly pronounced gif because that's what you do when you put a G and an I together. Unless it's gift. I guess I just... Hmm. Yes, friends, that is the sound of me suddenly realizing I might have only I might have been defeated in my own irrational arguments for constantly calling gifs gifs. You you might have just heard it live just now. Suddenly so, me going so, like, oh, I probably should be pronouncing it so gif, shouldn't I? I? I think that frankly, you can call it a gif, a gif or a gif, whichever you want. It doesn't matter. And gosh darn the internet for making a big deal out of nothing. Thank Look, you for being what you are, internet. Th- I, I was going to say, there is no, uh, there is no way that uh, the internet could be anything other than a place for completely irrational, ridiculous arguments. Well, it doesn't have to be. <laughs> I don't know, Zach. We're people, all right? So, uh, <laughs> well, okay, you know, but the promise when the internet came was that it would yeah, bring yeah. us together and bring harmony to the world. Oh, and it yeah. lied! Yeah, information superhighway and all that jazz. That's right. Highway to hell. <laughs> we needed a stairway. Oh. Alright. So, dear listeners, thank you very much for listening. Yes. Thank you. If you have any comments, anything that we missed, uh, please let us know by emailing us at walkingthroughthestargate at gmail.com. Or, of course, you can go to the discords and talk about things there or go to the Facebooks and talk about it there. It's yep. a lot of places, lots of great things that you can do, a lot of places that you can do it. Uh, it'll be great. Uh, we'll be back next time for Stargate Atlantis, the gift. And with all of that, I say I'm Zach. And I'm Brent. And this has been Walking Through the Stargate. See you next time. Bye. Carter, dial it up. Get these people home.